Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is I, Van Lathan. It's me, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel. Dan. How are you what doing up? today? How, how are things? I'm good. You know, we're getting closer to the holidays. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm already kind of... What, what, Van? What? You want to you talk to the people about this? No, I'm just, Van, I'm just, I'm just, you're excited you know, about the excited holidays. about the holidays. I'm Why excited are you so that excited? I'm taking some time off. I'm taking you some, take time, some off. time off. What are you doing? I'm looking what, forward what, to that. What, what I'm going to be spending doing? some time with family. I'm going to spend some time with family. Where, like, where would the family be? Like, you're going to. You know what? I'm not even going to let you try to do this to me. I'm not I'm spending, trying to do I am. Oh, no, you are trying. And it's okay. I'm I fully try- embrace asking, it. I'm There's asking. no shame. There's I'm no asking. shame for me. I'm, I'm taking all precautions sure. that are necessary. Mm-hmm. I'm going to my sister's house for Christmas. I'm going to Dallas. Brian okay, wow. is going to meet me there. Ooh. Um, Sounds like yeah. a super spreader event to me. You know, you can call it whatever you want. I get tested every other day. I'm getting tested as soon as I get to my sister's. Mm-hmm. She yeah. has welcomed me into her house. Um, I've taken certain precautions to travel, to limit certain. it, to limit people, limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, being around people to travel. Sure. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm blessed that I can do that in a, mm-hmm. in, in a certain way. And so, messed up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, you ever see Planet of the Apes? You ever see that movie? Which one? Like, which which Planet of the Apes? One, the first Planet oh, of the Apes. Oh, I don't like the originals. No, I'm not talking about the originals. I'm talking about the one with James Franco. Did you ever see it? Yes, I did. Do you know how the simian flu, which is the disease from Planet of the Apes, it ends up destroying humanity? Do you know how simian this flu This is was? one. This isn't the simian flu. Well, I'm just saying. Um, it's the simian flu. It, it, it happened to get... I do recall, it happened, but it wasn't, uh, on a, it wasn't on a plane. Wrong. You're wrong. Mm. You're wrong that it wasn't on the plane. You're absolutely, you're 100% wrong. You're wrong. So at the at Planet of the Apes, this is what happens. They they give uh, Caesar all the stuff. Caesar's become smart. The other apes get it. Ape fight. But what happens right, right, is, right. as a byproduct, there's a simian flu. You get sick. You get sick when you get it. If you don't remember, at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. because at that point, there was still society. At the end of the movie, an airline pilot is having, showing the symptoms of the simian flu. And in the credit roll, you mm-hmm. see the plane go different places, and that is oh, the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It started. Yes. Okay. You know Simeon what I was flu? mixing this up with? Outbreak. Mm. No, Outbreak the was... Outbreak. No, also, no, but the, the, the start of Outbreak with the, the animal coming over. Yes, yes, yes. But very, but, very... It's just... A, it's a thing. I'm just saying. You know, you know I'm not going to let you punk me. And, I'm not you know what? punking you. And you know what? You know what you're doing. Thought Warriors are going to come in. <laughs> I know what precautions I'm taking to be able to travel and mitigate. You're going to be fine. But you know what it is? You're going to be what, fine. But, but you know what, what, what about traveling, though? What airline are you flying? You know what? I'm American. But I have a seat by my... I'm, I'm completely by myself. Oh, you I'm are? Not sitting, I, I'm not sitting by anybody. So I know people... In all seriousness, I know people that have had, have had to travel and they say that Delta and JetBlue... That's because Delta doesn't sit people next to you. Like, they don't have people next to you. I'm not sitting by anybody. But right. I will say this. Even though I'm traveling, I'm not going to be able to go to my parents' home. All right? It's a different situation. So I'm not even going to go I there. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. No, they won't let me come. It's not even... It's not even okay. a, my, my decision. They're not going to let me come. But... I, I'm going to be there long enough to where I'm going to get two tests. So hopefully by the end of the time I'm there, I'll get to be around my parents. I, you, you, you'll, you'll be there with the parents. Because uh, no, like, listen, you guys, are throwing, you guys are throwing caution to the wind. You might as well throw it all the way out. No, my parent, my, like my, my, my dad is not playing. I, listen, I personally, <laughs> like I said before, I don't understand how you could even be considering not spending Christmas with Judge Lindsay. 
Because <laughs> you jealous? The jokes. <laughs> the jokes and the jovial nature. I'm not spending Christmas with him, which is what's sad. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, you're gonna miss you're gonna miss I'm just out gonna be it. with my sister and her family. Yeah. Like which I what, what do y'all do? What do, what is the because this is like a what are you guys gonna do? Like this is a new experience. Yeah. You've so never done it. I yeah, no, I've never done it at my sister's house with the kids. I've either been in my parents' house or I've been with Brian's family. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that we've done it. So Brian's family have different customs because they're Colombian. They celebrate more Christmas Eve than mm. Christmas Day. So right. it's like they do Christmas Eve and then uh Brian's sister married an American. That's what they say. Man, and man. uh so that we we celebrate with them on Christmas Day. So being that his family is Colombian, have you ever like checked the presents that are in the house to just to make sure that, you know, there's no. Because you don't want to be an accessory. See, that's what we call a stereotype. What? No, that is what I'm asking. Because like before, if I was at Brian's house, when I, I would look at packages coming in, FedEx. Yeah, that's, in, that is what we call like a that. stereotype. And I would be like, yo, if it, if it has, if it has Medellin on it, you know what I'm saying? You might want to... <laughs> They're not from Medellin. They're from Barranquilla. Where's Barranquilla? Bar. 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 Can you, can you roll your R's? Bar. 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 How you do it? <laughs> okay. I that, is where it. From, that is where Shakira's from. That's where Sofia Vergara's from. Sofia Vergara's Colombian? I didn't know this. I didn't know, I didn't know she was mm-hmm. Colombian. Barranquilla. Barranquilla. Just, oh. not, next time you're around the family, you just want to check it out. Okay. Stereotypes. Stereotypes. Look, look, it's, it's the same thing. But you, you, know, put, you know what I love what you just did? It's one for you for not traveling, one for me for not stereotyping Colombians. Let's keep going. That's the way it goes. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> that's the way it goes. But seriously, though, I, all jokes aside, I knew how I was actually envious that it was so important for you to be around your family this Christmas. I could really see that it was possible. But you're going to be around your, you could, you're going to be around your family. Yes. Uh, Thought Warriors, I, I text Van because he, he was so nice to a, open up his home to Brian and I for Christmas when mm-hmm. he's, when we weren't going home. So I, yeah. you know, I let him know I'm not going to be there. You got two extra spots now. You can give to somebody else. I hope yeah, they're just I, I wanted, fun. I, really just, I wanted Brian to come because I, I need that connect. Um, you know what? But, <laughs> No, but seriously, um, no, you know what I'm going to do for Christmas? I've decided I'm going to do the Pizza Hut. And this is not an ad, by the way. I'm going to do the Pizza Hut holiday treat meal deal thing. That's going to be, have you seen it? No. So you're not cooking? No, no. But you got family coming in. I thought your mom, I thought your mom. Nobody's coming. Oh, they're not coming. Okay. I'm sorry. They're not coming. I love them, but I'm going to go to Baton Rouge probably middle of January and stay for maybe like a month. Oh, you're going to get on a plane? Yeah, not during the holiday time. Don't have it act like it's the same. Up, I'm not flying Christmas Day. Okay, I'm it's flying. Not, I'm flying, like I'm flying days they, and days before. He, Fauci flies. People fly. But days it's, it's, and it's days about before. flying during the holidays is the deal. Don't have it You're staying like for a month? I'm separate. Probably stay for That's a That's going to be so good for your soul. Oh, yeah. you're going to be, y'all going to get a different van on this Fish. podcast. Fish. You're going to be so different. Crawfish. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You eat the the crawfish, the whole nine. Um, but no, I am actually, to be honest with you, I'll just decide, glad that you had a chance to go home and stay with your family because I could tell it was really bothering you. Yeah. Wow. I was very conflicted. I don't like how you just like gave no shits about the Pizza Hut triple-decker meal there. Oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't eat Pizza Hut, Van. It's good. I'm not a big cheese person. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if so I do like eat cheese. pizza, I take all the cheese off and then I put the toppings back on. But so tell me, tell tell other people for other people who do enjoy this kind of thing. What is this deal that you're so excited okay. about? So we have a it's called a triple treat box. Okay. He's reading uh, you guys, just to let you know. He's like, he's reading all, getting you all the information. See, you guys think that I'm not fat anymore. And the reality is that that's not true. The, <laughs> the, you know, uh, my, my body is not fat anymore. Not as fat, still kind of fat. But my mind weighs the same. So uh, it's Slay the Holidays. It's a, it's a triple, triple treat box from Pizza Hut. And this is what it is. It is, it, it's, it's so, I, I, I'm, I'm losing my mind right now watching it. This is a triple treat box. Uh, two medium one-topping pizzas. Okay? So in this box, they have a, uh, they have a, a pepperoni and they have a sausage. Uh, five bread sticks, five bread sticks and ten, ten Cinnabons mini rolls. So you get two pizzas Five breadsticks and ten Cinnabons mini rolls, right there. That's a three course meal, baby. That's Christmas at the Lathan House. That's Christmas at the Abrams House. Not going out of, uh, not leaving the house. Pizza Hut, triple treat box, holiday meal. Day. If it, How, can I ask you a question? How did you find this? Because it's a commercial. I've never seen a Pizza Hut commercial in the longest. I can't even tell you the longest. It's not advertised to me on social media. So I'm just wondering if it's targeted to certain people that would enjoy this type of thing. You think you are you think are you saying that you think the TV can tell? I didn't know. I didn't know you. This is I said who are wondering. I you was think the wondering. TV can tell? I didn't know you were going to say TV. I thought you were going to say social, maybe a pop-up you know, ad on the computer. That is so crazy. That would be a so crazy. A pop-up ad on the computer. Would you be surprised? No, these I wouldn't. Days. It, not these days. It would be so crazy if you were getting commercials for like Peloton and that little mirror fitness system and all of my commercials were like Pop-Tart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're, getting, you're, getting, you're getting Peloton, mirror. You're getting all of that little things, you know, like this little be your best self and all of that stuff. And all of my commercials are like the the that uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich commercial where that brother starts singing. <laughs> I, you, have you heard that? I hate that fucking commercial. Like I got Popeye's, y'all. I promise y'all. I promise <laughs> you. I'm gonna be real. I promise you. I've been around a lot of black people, and we love Popeye's. I ain't never, never, never in life. I've been around hundreds. Thousands of black people in my entire life and eating countless pieces of Popeye's chicken. Same. I've never heard anybody break into song over some chicken. Did they Ever. after the commercial came out? I don't know. <laughs> but by the way, by the way, if you look at these commercials, it's a lot of singing black people in these commercials. Of course. Singing and going that crazy. That is what you would call a stereotype, man. Yeah, they got the us is. eating chicken and, and tap toe. A t- okay, I can't speak. Yeah. What is the phrase? I can't speak. What's wrong? Tiptoeing? Soft shoeing? Tap dancing is tap what da- oh, Wow. Tap dancing is the phrase what we couldn't conjure. We couldn't conjure tap dancing. What am I drinking? <laughs> yeah, am I yeah, see? Nothing's see? in here. But All right. Just, tap dancing. Damn. They got to sing it and tap dancing for fried chicken. Come on. Come so, on. All right. Um, Rach, I'm glad you're getting a chance to go home. We are going to take a break real quick. Uh, we have a fantastic guest and 
you know, this guy that we've talked about here on the podcast before. It's the star of mm. JD's Revenge. It's the star <laughs> of Fargo. It's the star of A Different World. It's the star of My, My Rainey's Black Bottom uh, coming to Netflix today. Um, as you are listening to this, we have the legendary Glenn Terman on the show with us today. Give it up for Mr. Terman. This episode is brought to you by Shea Moisture. We finally got some deodorants designed specifically for people with rich melanin skin from Shea Moisture. And they're amazing. Made with Shea butter and black dermatologists approved. These deodorants give you and your skin the care that it needs. Now, here's the thing, Rachel. Okay. Deodorants came to the house. Yes, me too. You got yours. I got them. Kalika picked one up Mm -hmm. specifically. And I was like, oh, why are you picking that one up? And she said, because it says it's even underarm tone. Mm-hmm. And she goes like, sometimes when you use the other deodorants, they leave like your underarms untoned or something like that. And she was so excited to have it. She went back and she started using it right there, which made me wonder if she had put deodorant off today. <laughs> maybe she just reapplied. Maybe she, but, but like, so that's a, it's a huge deal. And I've been using it too. It's very great. It's good. It smells good. Oh, yeah. Thing. No, no, no. It is good. And it's last long. Like mm-hmm. I'm a sweater. Mm-hmm. So I need something strong. Mm. And I need, in addition to, I like that it evens out the underarm. I like the moisture and all of that, but it's the, I need it to last long. And this last for, it's a 48 hour sweat and odor protection, which is key. Wow. Uh, get the protection your skin deserves. Tap the banner to learn more or visit SheaMoisture.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. All right. Uh, You guys, this is actually, actually a real honor here on Higher Learning. We have some Hollywood royalty on the show. I don't know if you notice, uh, Glenn, but I do another podcast um, for The Ringer, which is called Way Down in the Hole. It's a rewatch of every episode of The Wire. So, yeah, Way Down in the Hole. That's like, our dream song. Yeah, Way Down in the Hole. <laughs> so like, uh, to have Glenn Terman on the show today, give it up. Hi, Larry. Uh, Every part of my (laughs) film and movie watching life, I have seen this very familiar face. My brother, how are you today, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. All things considered, I'm blessed to be here amongst us. Yeah, of of course. It's just 2020. You got to say that first. My first question for you is how in the world your career has gone on so long, you've had staying power over decades and decades. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. It's not like like acting. A lot of people you see people and then they turn around and they can't. You're so many different people to us. How have you managed to stay relevant and stay working for this long in this town? Man, I, I have no idea, brother. I, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I just. I just keep it moving. I know it's hard to hit a moving target, so I just keep on going, you know. And every time I try to get out, they pull me back in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so. We don't want to see you get out. And I mean, 
with what Van is saying, your career expands over six decades. So Mm. I would ask you, what advice would you have to someone who's trying to navigate this business and especially as a black man? Well, the first thing I, I say is, is be in it for the right reasons. Be in it mostly because you you love it. And you you can't see yourself doing anything else. You know um, that you you're looking to do, to do the work to become the best at it that you can. You know, and and uh, because if you're going after just the fame or the fortune of it, uh, I I think that you be um, spend too much time disappointed. You know. Broke, broke, too much time broke and disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, for me, it's never been about the money, you know. It's been about the work and trying to get it done. So I've stayed a a working actor, which means I I work in television, I work in stage, I work in films, you know, wherever I can plan my trade. And, uh, you know, that can be for a good bit of money or. uh, but sometimes that's for, you know, uh, the, the, the the fees you get from working in the black box of 90 seat, a 90 mm-hmm. seat house, you know? Yeah. So to this generation, you're probably Dr. Senator from Fargo. All yeah. right. To, okay. to, and then for me, it's two people. It's both Mayor Royce and then it's a different world. And yes, I'm, it's, the Colonel. And, and Colonel. <laughs> Colonel, it's, 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 it's both. But then, I also know you as somebody else. Yeah, we've talked about it on this. I knew you were going to go there. We've talked about it. One of my favorite (laughs) movies of all time. No, I love Cooley High. It's not Cooley High. We do love you as Preach, though. It's JD's Revenge. Oh, JD's Revenge. JD walked in there and said, So what? I did your woman, sucker. <laughs> You're such. Listen, we talked. We already talked about JD's revenge on this podcast. I love the movie. I, I, I have a question. A lot of the black exploitation type films back in the day, they were looked upon during that time. No, actually, tell me how they were looked upon. You, as a very serious actor, it, it's it's a it's a it's a part of cinema. It's an era of cinema black exploitation that is now sort of. Uh, we romanticize it, but we look back glowingly on it because all of those movies we're still they're so entertaining to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your take of that era? A lot of those movies are classics and some of the best films, some of my favorite films to watch. But sometimes, out of the community, they're looked at as a, uh, a, with a certain lens or a certain way. Well, because there was just a bombardment of one type of character or one type of of uh, um, viewpoint of black American life, you know, and that viewpoint was mostly negative uh, so that the characters were either stereotypical, mostly uh, the relationships uh, were mostly stereotypical, you know, between man and woman, uh, they were mostly uh, stereotypical. And only because there was just a movie of one John, that's what made Cooley High such a a breakout. Right. Uh, from the other movies that were being made. It was uh, uh, the characters weren't glorifying, you know, uh, gangster, uh, thuggish life, you know, or, or pimps or whores weren't being glorified, you know. 
uh, actually the, 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 the gangsters in Cooley High, you know, you knew the mother, you knew the father. They had a, a, a life, you know. Uh, um, the, the hero was Cochise Larry Jacobs, who just left here, as a matter of fact. Oh, really? Yes. We miss Cochise, <laughs> man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, to uh, but then Stephen Williams played his brother, you know, and Stephen Williams, of course, was a hustler player, and you know he was always had some scheme going, you know. Right. So was, they were in the same family, you know. So that's what made Cooley different, and that's what made all the other movies that didn't present that diversity. Uh, one made it one type of picture that they call an exploitation film. Hmm. Mm. You've got a new movie. It's already out in theaters, but it's coming to Netflix tomorrow, this tomorrow. Friday. This yes. Friday, this Friday, Friday. Ma Rainey. I, yes. What do you want audiences to take away from this movie and from the life and story of a blues legend? Well, a couple of things. It's the life and story of a blues legend told by a legend. And mm-hmm. I want them to take away the knowledge of getting to know Ma Rainey, of course. But, uh, even more so, I want them to take away the knowledge of August Wilson mm. and who he was Absolutely. and what he meant, means to us, yes. having lost him just, what, 10 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but him leaving uh, um, a myriad of work uh, that is just perfect, you know. Right. Uh, if they can walk out of there saying to themselves, if the audience can walk out saying, Boy, who was that? August Wilson. What else did he write? Right. What else did he do? I better go look that up. I'd like mm-hmm. to see something else. I'd like to know more about this man, August Wilson. That's what I want them to take away from this. It's interesting about August Wilson. Um, I took a drama class in college, and it was then that I had known who he was before, but it was then that I really got into all this stuff that he had put out. Why do you feel like when we talk about the great American playwrights um, that a lot of names come up, but August Wilson's name doesn't come up as much as you hear about some of the others when he has maybe as impressive a body of work as anyone who's, who's written for the stage uh, over the last century? Well, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know why that is. Um, he's been on Broadway more than any other playwright because he's got 10 plays that have been on Broadway. Yeah. So I don't, there's no other playwright, black playwright or white playwright for that matter, that has more uh, of their products uh, on, on Broadway. Um, but nonetheless, he is our, you know, our go-to playwright. He is the, he sure. is, he sets the standard, you know? And uh, if you don't know about him, you should. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this movie, in Ma Rainey, you work with Chadwick Boseman, who mm-hmm. we know that this was his last film. And mm-hmm. I was just wondering if you could share with us one of your favorite memories of working with him. It's easy. My favorite memories of working with him was off, screen, off stage, off the, off the screen. Uh, meeting his wife-to-be, Simone, uh, watching the two of them together, you know, uh, being included in some of their playful moments, you know, teasing her, you know, teasing him, you know, about their their budding love, 
you know, and them getting, you know, all, you know, she would hit him, you know, to, you know, playfully, you know, and so on and so forth. And so it was, it was having fun with them as a couple, you know, getting to know him through that prism, uh, getting to know that he was a, a guy who was a jokester, you know, who had, had a great sense of humor, you know, and, uh, that is is what I didn't necessarily expect to find out about him. I expected him to be the dedicated actor that he was. I expected him to have the the, the, the respect the respect for his craft that he proved to have. I expected him to have a fantastic work ethic because he couldn't have turned in the work that he had prior had he not been a serious performer. You know, mm-hmm. so those things I, I expected and was not disappointed. But what I did not expect was that he was such a fun guy and a, a sweetheart of a cat to know. You know, yeah. so that's that's what was I, I, it, that's what I hold. Yeah. Did it, did it did it strike you in any way that he was so jovial, he was so fun, and it seems like you guys had a great time, given what we all didn't know that he was going through. Nobody knew. No, 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 no one knew that. We never knew. He never let on. He never, you know, he had an extraordinary team of people around him who I thought at the time were probably just, you know, uh, uh, you know, what do you call it? Um, uh, his his uh, entourage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think much more of that. I think one of the guys, the big guy must have been his bodyguard secretly, you know, who was, who was kind of low key, you know. But I figured maybe he's the bodyguard, and you know, and the, you know, there's a lady who did his makeup, and so so I didn't think that these were people who were there to to uh, make sure that his health concerns were addressed, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that never never crossed my mind because he was so energetic. He was so you know, do one more. Let's do one more take. George, the director, would yell, "Cut! All right, cut! Let's move on." He said, "No, no, no! One, one more! One more!" Let's do one more, and then that was you know. And sometimes those are very strenuous scenes. You sort of play the movie, yeah. you know, yeah. some mm-hmm. strenuous stuff in there. He's dancing, he's tussling, he's chasing people around. You know, one more. Hell, I'm tired. Uh, Mr. Turbin, I want to talk about something else that you're doing because you just don't stop. You join the cast of ABC's limited series, Women of the Movement. So powerful. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? My God. I need, a, I need to do a, 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 a musical or a comedy next, you know. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going yeah. on. These serious pieces. They're taking it out of me, I'm yeah. telling you. And this is no no different. This piece is, is wonderful. Uh, the reading of it is fantastic, you know. Um, the the, 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 the uh, story is legendary, you know, and and uh, it's it brings chills to you when you read it, you know. And that's why I'm glad that I, I've been attached to it, you know. Uh, but it's the story of uh, uh, Emmett Till. Mm. You know, and, um, and we probably pretty much know that the, the the broad strokes of that story, but this gets into the detail of uh, of this tragic incident uh, that sparked really the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. You know, and was one of the key ingredients uh, to getting that movement started. 
and um, it's told through the eyes of his mother, Mamie, you know, uh, and it's, uh, you know, um, Gina Braithwaite is, is, is um, the director, you know, and for the pilot. And uh, we have Nisi Nash, you know. Oh, my girl. Yeah, Nisi mm-hmm. Nash is amazing. Yeah, yeah. and um, and I play Uncle Mose. I play the, the man who, who encouraged him to come to the South, to Mississippi, to spend uh, uh, some of the summer down there with him and his his sons, you know, and try to get him out of the city, which uh, he felt was, uh, he was not learning everything he needed to know about the essentials of life, you know, farming, fishing, hunting, you know. And uh, so it's uh, a, a piece packed with, with information that we didn't know that makes for drama that we will come to know. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Hmm. I want to ask you, so because you want to lighten up the career, I'm going to lighten up the mood right now. I'm going to lighten the mood <laughs> a little bit because I learned something in researching you yeah. That I never ever knew. Okay. Things you could have had a completely different career. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, like yeah. I and this is like a completely different career. So I read something that says you were up for a role in Star Wars, and I'm thinking to myself, or we're being thought about as a for a role in Star Wars, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe they were going to give Glenn Lando Calrissian, you know, because it ended up going to Billy D. No. George Lucas had you in mind for Han Solo. You were, so take us through that. Like you were almost or thought about or Han Solo was written for you? Yeah, but Van, you got to understand, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware (laughs) that I was his choice. I only became aware of that years and years later after he wrote the book, Skywalker. Mm. Uh, George Lucas wrote, wrote the book and a friend of mine called and said, I didn't know that you were his his first choice for for uh, uh, Han Solo. I said, What are you talking about? And he said, Read the book. So I read the book. I said, oh, Dang, I <laughs> I didn't know that. But he didn't want to because of the the relationship between Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker, which was to be a love affair. And uh, you mean Leia so, and Han Solo? It was the I mean, Han Solo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, was supposed to be a, a, a love affair between the two, and he didn't want to get into the apples and oranges of that whole dynamic, you know. And so I saw him, and I saw it, ran into him years later, Lucas, not too long ago, at uh, Sam Jackson's party in New York. And I said, ah, I made a beeline over there, man. I I said, George Lucas, Glenn Turman. He said, how are you? I said, fine. Can we put something to rest right now? Was I one of your top of the list for uh, for uh, Han Solo? He says, yeah. He said, but I didn't want to. I said, yeah. And then he's sitting there, and his, and his wife is black, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I, <laughs> I said, what, man? He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, look, you come with me, man, so we can find, I want to I find Harrison Ford 
Because I need you there when I ask him for my share of his money. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, oh, I was saying, George, don't you owe me $100 million? Yes. Hey, please. Yes. Hey, please. Hey, please. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I was kidding. And, and you know, it's, a, it's, it's just one of those fun trivia things, I guess. But, you know, you never know in this business. It's a crazy business. Is there another role that you, because all actors have a role, is there a, another role that you were maybe up for that you missed that you would have really have liked to got? To, to done? No, I don't have too many regrets, you know. Mm. Uh, I, uh, I feel I've had a great career. You know, I feel I've yeah. had some wonderful roles. Uh, I'm... I'm more than honored that I, it has not stopped. Matter of fact, this has been one of the busiest years for me. The last two years, you know, have mm-hmm. been phenomenal with the roles I've had in uh, to play. You know, with Fargo, with Doctor Senator, with you know, with uh, the way back. You and Ben Affleck. Huh? You and Ben Affleck with, in the yeah, way back. Way, way back, Miss um, with with um, um, uh, uh, Toledo, the role of Toledo, and with the roles that uh, uh, I've had to play. I'm trying to think of one in particular that's not coming to my mind right now. But it's been a great couple of years, you know. It's been a real, my, my manager calls it a, a, a glenaissance, you know. Oh, this so, is a glenaissance. Okay. Yeah, so we're in a glenaissance, glenaissance movie. I look forward to this role coming up, of course, and uh, that couldn't be better. So, you know, and Mr. Washington has some, some plans for the future with some other um, August Wilson projects, mm-hmm. you know. So I've quite naturally thrown my hat in the ring for some of those projects coming about, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and just, it's about to work and keep going. And as long as I enjoy it and still enjoy it like I do, I'll keep on going for it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Fa- just, uh, amazing. All the Wire fans out there, we, the, the, the fans of The Wire, Royce, we 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 love Clarence Royce. We love, we Royce love was Clarence. Fun, man. Royce, Royce, Royce was the man. Uh, but The Wire, The Wire was just a great show, you know. Yeah. The Wire was one of those scripts, uh, uh, Rochelle, where you'd get the you get the uh, script. Now you know actors, we're vain, you know. So the mm-hmm. first thing we want to know is <laughs> what's my part, you know? Where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's there's my role, you know. Mm-hmm. But The Wire. No matter whether I was in that episode or not, I would read because it was like reading a great book. You know, yeah. it was just yeah. a just fantastic reading and uh, fantastic storytelling. Yeah. So and, you know, yeah. it, it was just one of those those yeah. pieces. It's a piece that I'll go into a studio for uh, an interview on another job, and while interviewing or talking with the producers or whatever, that we'll get through the business that I'm there for, and then the, then someone will ultimately say, "Okay, so." <laughs> Tell me about the wire. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, because he's one of those shows. And to be honest with you, Glenn, you got a little wild in the wire. It was, there was uh, you got a little wild in the wire. Yeah. I haven't had the faint part of the idea of what you're talking about. People know about, about that scene. Yeah, Mr. Mr. <laughs> I have no idea of what you're talking about. Neither do you, right, Rachel? Right, right, Rachel. Right. No, I said, no, no, no. Right. I, I, no, no, no. We don't know. We're not going to talk about that. What's, right, what goes on in the mayor's office stays in the mayor's <laughs> office. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Glenn. We appreciate you joining Thank us, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you Thank so you. much, bro. Appreciate you.
This episode is brought to you by Shea Moisture. We finally got some deodorants designed specifically for people with rich melanin skin from Shea Moisture. And they're amazing. Made with Shea Butter and Black Dermatologist Approved. These deodorants give you and your skin the care that it needs. Now, here's the thing, Rachel. Okay. The deodorants came to the house. Yes, me too. You got yours. I got them. Kalika picked one up mm-hmm. specifically. And I was like, oh, why are you picking that one up? And she said, because it says it's even underarm tone. Mm-hmm. And she goes like, sometimes when you use the other deodorants, they leave like your underarms untoned or something like that. And she was so excited to have it. She went back and she started using it right there, which made me wonder if she had put deodorant on for the day. <laughs> maybe she just reapplied. Maybe she, but but like, so that's a, it's a huge deal. And I've been using it too. It's very great. It's good. It smell good. Oh, yeah. Thing. No, no, no. It is good. And it's last long. Like mm. I'm a sweater. Mm-hmm. So I need something strong. Mm. And I need, in addition to, I like that it evens out the underarm. I like the moisture and all of that, but it's the, I need it to last long. And this lasts for, it's a 48 hour sweat and odor protection, which is key. Wow. Uh, get the protection your skin deserves. Tap the banner to learn more or visit SheaMoisture.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. All right. Uh, listen, I listened to a piece of audio. I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before. And it was of Tom Cruise losing his mind. Tom Cruise was on the set of Mission Impossible 1057. And apparently there were some people there that weren't following COVID protocols. And Tom Cruise lost his mind and launched into this tirade. You're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every studio at night. Insurance companies. Producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. Okay, so. Uh, your, before I even get into, before I even unpack this, your thoughts about that. I mean, I don't understand why it's that big of a deal. I think it's a big deal because it's Tom Cruise. And anything Tom Cruise does, people like to nitpick because people don't really care for Tom Cruise these days outside, off the movie screen, off the movie screen. They love Mm -hmm. him in Mission Impossible. That's why there's so many of them, as you stated. Yes. Um, I mean, is he not everybody who's expressing their frustration over people who are not following COVID protocols and the reason we are in the worst state that we've ever been since we first found out about COVID-19. I mean, he's frustrated. I get it. The delivery maybe wasn't appropriate. 
Who knows if this was the first time that he had witnessed that there were people not following COVID protocols, but obviously he wants people to do it. People are dying. People are sick. Hospitals are overcrowded. He's trying to get a movie to make, put a movie out to make people feel better, to escape their current reality. And then you have people who are being disrespectful and disregarding a simple protocol. And I was about to say, he's simply asking you to stop. He didn't simply ask, but Mm -hmm. he's frustrated and he's telling you to stop. Hmm. Yeah. I get get it. It's... There's no goddamn way I would let Tom Hanks talk. Uh, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise. No way I would let him talk to me. Ne- like not, neither one. Neither one. I get There's that. There's no way I would let him talk to me like that. But not is it not? It's years. not that. It's not about him talking to you like that. It's why he was that way when he was talking. Like, is that? Don't you feel frustrated when you see people? We've talked about it. Being mm. jealous of the people who feel like they can live their life as if nothing is happening, and he's upset. Look, I get him that he's being upset. He has a right to be upset. But I got to tell you something. The way he acted, that's some white boy shit. Oh, now, of course. I, it, it, like, I got to be real with you. Like, and I'm sorry for whoever feels however. It, I never in life, the only time on job sites that I've ever, ever, ever been halfway stunted on like that is by white dudes. White dudes get super mad, yell on you and shit like that. I remember at TMZ actually having to have a talk with my direct superior Mm. where I I was talking to him and I was like, do you know when you start yelling at me like that, do you know what my brain says? My brain says, hey, attack you. That's what my brain says. My brain says, attack this person. You're in danger. When you start raising your voice at me like that, there's Mm -hmm. never any reason for that. If I'm not coach me hard. Tell me my work sucks. Tell me I need to do better. All of that. Don't get outside your body on me though, because just don't. And That's I don't, fair. I don't get that. Like don't. And that, look, don't, don't get outside your body. Look, Tom, it's your set. Be as stern as you want, but see once you get to carrying on and stuff like that. Hey man, I feel unsafe now. What has to happen? Like now, I'm in. I'm. I'm jittery. I got an anxiety condition. Nah, man. And I'm telling you, that's 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 a thing right there that I I've I've experienced that a couple of times. And both times I experienced it. Here's the thing: was I never forget. There was a white dude named, and there was a, I worked at a place called Capricorn Programs, and there was a disagreement in the office. And I'm standing. I'm standing in this guy's office. He's a producer there. I'm standing in his office. Any place you go, you, my, my coworkers are always going to tell me, tell you that they love me. But I'm standing in this, in this guy's office and uh, he's sitting down. And me and him are going back and forth about something. We're going back and forth about something. And he stands up and comes from around his office. And when he does that, I come towards him. And when the, the moment I come towards him, like, he drained. He like got super scared. Oh, what 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 are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like you, you. You walked up on me. What do you mean? What did I do? I'm confronting danger. Like yeah. you walked up on me. I have never, ever, ever, ever experienced that <laughs> any other place than when when some white dude is trying to flex his authority on you. I think I would feel. I agree with everything that you're saying, and you're right. It was definitely something that white men do. White people do. And and 
and don't think twice about doing it, right? They just do it. I was at a Dodger game one time where I saw one dude, or like I saw a guy turn around and ask another guy to take his hat off during the national anthem. Doesn't I'm surprise like, me. I'm like, yo, man, what the fuck is going on? Like, why? That's privilege. You feel you are above and you can say anything and, and, and everything to everybody. The reason that I'm giving a, a little bit of, of deference to, 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 um, to almost said Tom Hanks this time, Tom Cruise, um, is because it's COVID. <laughs> it's because it's COVID. And I get it. And and it's the subject matter of why he was ranting that I'm. That's why I'm like, I get you. I understand where you're coming from because we all are frustrated. I there are people that I pass that I want to go off on that I'm not going to. You know, never. you may want to go off on me for getting on a flight, but I'd be just. I would never do it. And I think that's where the privilege comes. You feel like you can do that. You're entitled to do that. You have the right to do that. Where you and I would absolutely never do that to anyone. But because it's COVID, I'm gonna let I'm gonna give it a pass. Tell you a story real quick, real quick TMZ story. So, I love the TMZ story. <clears> I give I give you a quick TMZ story. So, um, I, I a couple of years ago, I raised money for Colin Kaepernick. Right, Colin Kaepernick was a uh, EA Sports had kicked Colin Kaepernick off of Madden. Like you, you couldn't even they bleeped his name. Yeah, from I the, remember that. Right. Okay. So what I decided was rather than get all upset about that and, ban- and and boycott Madden and have all that stuff like that, I was like, forget about it. You don't like Madden, cool. Donate the donate the cost of a Madden game to the Know Your Rights charity. Forget about outrage. Forget about being mad. Do something. Outreach. So I think the game was fifty four ninety nine. So I had a bunch of people donate money, donate mm-hmm. that amount, and some people would donate five ninety nine. Or five dollars and forty nine cents because it's not about but donate that number to the right. charity. So I when I made this video, <clears throat> I made the video uh, walking around the parking lot at TMZ, like walking around the parking lot, and then TMZ made me take the video down. Now the reason why they made me take the video down is because there is a uh, there is a um, a policy there, a real policy that where you can't shoot on company property. You can't if you're if you work at TMZ, you can't shoot any videos on company property. Right. Okay. Um, so because they don't want people to think, I think I told you guys this before, they don't want people to, to be shot thinking that if somebody comes to Microsoft or if somebody comes to one of the other companies around there, they don't want them to think that paparazzi are going to jump out there and shoot them. Sure. So you can't shoot any, anything uh, on the reserve. So they told me, take it down. I'm like, it's a fundraising video. They told me, take it down. And so I was pissed, but I took it down. I was like, yo, you guys, the drive is still going on. I put this on Instagram. I said, the last TMZ made me take the last video down because of issues with the with shooting on the property. But the thing is still going on. The link is still in the bio. Still go to it. Okay, cool. They got, they flipped out about that. They were like, why are you putting it on us? I'm like, putting it on you guys. Like, you guys asked me to take the video right. down. It's, it's agnostic. <laughs> it's nothing. It's like, there's like, why? And Harvey looks at me. This is in front of everybody in the office. And he's, yeah, he says, come in, Van, come in my office. I was like, no. He was like, Van, come and get in my office right now. I was like, no. No, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But there's, I'm, I'm not about to be marched off to your office. If there's anything that you have to say to me, you can say to me right now. And he was like, all right, go home. And I went home. This is my thing. My thing with that is this. 
everybody knows how my tenure at TMZ came to an end. Everybody mm-hmm. knows. When someone is speaking to you the way Tom Cruise was, uh, was speaking to those crew members, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what they're talking about. Because if it wasn't that, it would be something else. And you simply, whoever you are, cannot allow yourself to be talked to like that, no matter what it costs. Because once you're in that, like, do, if it's not that, if he's not laughing, because remember, we've seen outbursts like that before. David O. Russell lost his mind on set. We've seen Christian Bell lost his mind on set. It wasn't about no, uh, no pandemics then. It was about a boom mic being in the shot and about a relationship with Lily Tomlin. If you allow yourself to be spoken to that way, you are setting a standard that no matter what it is, you're going to allow somebody to talk to you like that. And you just cannot do that. I agree with you. Does Tom uh, Cruise have a history of speaking to people like that? I don't know. But he, I don't he, either. He, he, certainly, if, he certainly spoke to Matt Lauer like that when he was, I, on, the, when he was on a Today Show. He certainly... But like, and if he does, then I, then I totally Lauer. agree with you. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I agree with everything that you're saying. I just, I guess I understand people's frustration with this particular issue. And I could see how, a, and I am not trying to take up for him, but I can just see how a person who's never had that type of outburst could just lose it because they're frustrated that they haven't seen their family in a long time. They're frustrated that they can't spend time with their friends. They're frustrated that they can't socialize. They're frustrated that they're suffering from, you know, maybe mental health issues because of what's going on. They've lost their job. They don't know where their next paycheck is coming. They've lost their insurance. I can see that's not Tom Cruise, but I can see how somebody mm-hmm. else could just snap. That's yeah. what I'm saying. No, I get it. But that's but, also not him. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. He's, he's none of those things. Maybe, maybe he could be mental health. I don't want to take that away from him, but it's definitely not suffering for a paycheck. Yeah. Uh, look, he's, look, he, he, and another thing, I want you guys to listen to the rant. We have the whole future of the industry riding on this. Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise is right. Tom Cruise is right about needing to adhere to stuff. But listen to how important Tom Cruise thinks he is in that situation. That I will give you. And 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 I got to be real with you. It's just, I, I don't know. There's a part of me that never wants to humiliate someone. Yeah. And belittle them. And just dress them down like that in front of a dog. I, you, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you, You're right. You can't talk to me like that. You're right. You can't, you can't talk to me like that. I still, I'm still going to see that movie though. Shout out to Jay Ellis. Tom. No, I don't think, actually, by the way, I was wrong. I don't think it's Mission Impossible. Is it Top Gun Maverick that they're shooting or is it Mission Impossible? No, Top Gun's already done. It's Mission it Impossible. It? Oh, all right, mm-hmm. so shout out to Jay Ellis. Anyway. Shout out to Jay Ellis. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jay Ellis because he's my boy, my boy Jay Ellis is in Top Gun Maverick but yeah Mission Impossible I'll go see that too I, look, I'm not mad at Tom I'm just saying <laughs> wouldn't be me young dog by the way no I'm not gonna like threaten Tom or nothing like that I'm just gonna be like hey fam sure. Tom you know what I'm saying I put my mask on bro <laughs> come on Tom like calm down I, I honestly I'll tell you right now though I wouldn't tolerate being spoken to like that I never have and I never will okay they talk to you like that. I'm I'm learning about you, Bachelor Wise. Did they, they, they talk to, to did they talk to me yeah, like that? I heard, okay. I heard about it. I heard about mm-hmm. it. They talked about you like that with Bachelor. Did did you it? See, That's uh, why I keep talking and nobody says anything to me. Uh, yeah, all you do is create problems. Um, <laughs> that, right. Let them tell it and I do. Uh did you see this brand new snack that they have? Uh, that just hit the market? You know I didn't. They got a brand new snack that's that's that, How, that what do you mean a brand new snack? Is, is it, it like, is it a chip? Is it a cookie? So it's not brand new. It's no, just, no, no, what? no. It's a director. His name is Tyler Perry. 
It's a brand new snack. I'm so <laughs> mad I just fell for that. <laughs> I'm so mad. It's I want to go home. I want to go home. It's a brand new director. It's a brand new snack. All right? It's about six foot five, chocolatey, and full of morsels, baby. Woo! Might get some mass of nougat in there. A big snack. Did you see this picture of Tyler, of Tyler Perry? I did see. I did see the picture of Tyler Perry. I did. He's single. Did. And he ready. Tyler Perry been in the gym. You know what I'm saying? That's what people do when they get single. You know, they're back out here on the market. Want to let people know. Most people still thought he was in a relationship with the um, mother of his child. Mm-hmm. And this was his way of letting the world know. You know, thirst trap Tyler. Thirst trap Tyler. Now, question. <laughs> this is the what? This is the question. I don't Why wanna. are you shaking your head? This is the question. I don't want to. I don't want to. Wait. This What's is the, the question. question. The, question the question is, if you were out there looking, would this thirst trap have trapped you? This is what I will say. Okay. I will always acknowledge Tyler Perry for his story, what he's overcome, the opportunities he has provided to so many people of color the inspiration that he is, and the trailblazer that he will continue to be. But I'm sorry. Mm. I just don't see Tyler Perry in that way. I will always see Medea. He played her for too long and too well. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he looks, this picture is a good picture. He looks great. Mm-hmm. He looks fit. He looks healthy. This is just a personal preference. If I was single and I was um, on the market, it wouldn't be my snack of choice. It wouldn't be your snack of choice. Okay. Almond Joy, but not mine. It's not because it's he's Almond Joy. It's not, it's not it. It's just, it's just a, that's gonna sound bad. I'm not gonna say, say it. it. Say nope. it. Say it. Nope. It's just say that's what I'm saying. If you can't be yourself on your own podcast, you ain't gonna punk me into you saying. Watch... You ain't gonna punk me into trying, trying to, to say you. something. Just say it. Oh, it oh. just it would come across the wrong way, and I don't want to say it. That's fine. It's just not. Uh, it's just not uh, for me. I think the nigga look good. He. I. I didn't take that away from him. Swole as hell. Like, like you know, a lot of people try to play Tyler Perry like he. Tyler Perry will whoop somebody's ass. Like Maybe Tyler, he would. that's a big ass dude. Like Tyler Perry, he, he look, he look, he look big, man. And good for him. He said he's going through a midlife crisis. Uh, he's single. He's showing off now. He's it, showing it off. It, it, stop giving him that much credit. He's going he through said. a midlife crisis. This is a. He wants everybody to know he's single and ready to mingle. This right, has so nothing what? to do about a midlife. No, it's not a so what. It's like it's mm-hmm. a, a midlife crisis. Tyler, you just want everybody to know you look good right now. You're fit mm-hmm. and you're fine. That's what you want everybody to know. That's it. Mm-hmm. Forget the midlife crisis thing. Do you uh, do you uh, do you have an older guy that you think is like super hot around Tyler Perry's yes. age, like fifty one? Like, give me give me somebody. How old is Idris? How old is Denzel? Denzel How, is older. Denzel is older. Well, he uh, Glenn Terman. <laughs> you Whoa. want to start name? You want to start name? I've always had. A, I've had a crush on Preach since I've seen Cooley High. That's and I know you're shocked. I know you're shocked that you uh, that I know that movie. I'm not <laughs> you're shocked probably at all. shocked. You know I'm how not, you? No, look, you, I'm not shocked at the movies that you do know. I'm shocked at the movies that you <laughs> don't know. Yeah. Uh, but Tyler, yeah. but look, look, Tyler in the picture. You guys see it. 
His pecs are completely gone. They're they're flat. They're strong. That means he's got a good, good muscle there. Uh, arms look big. Tyler look like he could really play linebacker for somebody. Man, good for him. Good for him. He's you should feel good about yourself despite he the racism. He should. It's yeah. I just it's too long and too well. Too just long too much. And too much, well. Medea. Too much material. Like even when he was in uh, "Why Did I Get Married," mm-hmm. and he, I, I believe he directed it, but he played in it as well. Right. And not, and there was no Medea. I couldn't take his character seriously because I've seen too much of Medea. I got you. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah. In other culture news this week, uh, an actor mm-hmm. named Leonard Roberts. Did you see the story? Mm-hmm. So I did. Uh, Leonard Roberts is a guy that's been in a lot of stuff. You, he's a very familiar face. Most notably, he was on Heroes. Heroes, which is one of the most interesting shows in the history of television. Do you me. watch it? I did. But here's the thing. Okay. Like, Kalika got super into it. And then mm. here's the thing that happened with Heroes. Heroes came out, I think it was like 2006, 2007 or something like that. I can't remember. But it was one of the shows that was killed by the writer's strike back in the day. If oh. you ask me. Because the show had a fantastic first season. And mm-hmm. then the WGA stuff kind of gets sort of mixed up in there around um, season two or season three. And then uh, the show kind of falls off a little bit after that, right? You know, right or strike, things happen, whatever. Uh, now, Leonard Roberts was, he, he was on this show. He's a guy, he's also been in, he was in he's, he's Got Game, a couple other movies. He is accusing uh, Ali Larder an actress that played his wife on that show. Everybody had powers. She played his wife of mistreating him. Mm -hmm. He says uh, that his tenure on the show was cut short and that he was written out. He was, his character was marginalized on the show because he couldn't get along with her. And he hints in a letter that he wrote in the interview that he gave, should I say, uh, that race might have been at the backbone of it. He says that mm-hmm. that uh, he had to do a love scene with her. And during this love mm-hmm. scene, she had to like take a bra strap down or something like that. She was very, very uncomfortable with it. However, that she did see similar scenes with other characters on the show, characters that were white, and that she never really had problems doing even more aggressive love scenes or things with them. Right. Uh, and that eventually the creator called him up and said, listen, because of the whole Ali Larder thing, we're going to write your character off your off the show. And that happened in between seasons one and seasons two. Did you read any of this? I did. What do you think? I mean, before I say something, can I play devil's advocate for a second? Mm-hmm. There are these accusations um, out against Ali Larder. And the first thing I thought about when I heard it was, because I didn't watch Heroes. I know that Heroes, this season, the first season, started in 2006. And the first thing I thought was, did she play in Obsessed with Beyonce and Idris Elba? Where she was, if you haven't seen the movie, she plays um, a secretary. She's a temp for Idris Elba and she becomes obsessed, spoiler alert, obsessed with him and and wanting to be with him. And she continues to throw herself at him. And even at some point, ripping her clothes off and being in lingerie with yeah. Idris Elba. So, and that, and I looked it up and that movie came out in 2009. Mm-hmm. So Heroes is in 2006. Playing right. devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that when you, when you saw this story come to light? And did it make you think any kind of way? 
That thing for about me, it did not. The movie, but I that thing about the movie Obsessed. Yeah, her playing this okay. role in Obsessed. It did okay, not so change my opinion. But think I, about the movie. I will never think about the movie Obsessed. Ever. You know what? <laughs> Why, so, no, man? Nothing can make me fucking think about the movie Obsessed. No. <laughs> okay, her role. Excuse me. Would you like for me to reword the question? Her role in the movie Obsessed, where she is a white woman throwing herself and becomes obsessed with the black man in it. No, actually, you're the first. I didn't even think about the movie, but I mean, you're. I, I remember seeing it. I guess I'm remembering it like a traumatic memory where you only remember it in parts. Uh, but did she? She did scenes where she was all up on Idris in the movie, right? She like, yeah. She's there's one scene she's hiding in his car and she takes. She's like just in lingerie and like she's th- constantly throwing herself at him. She's obsessed. She wants to really. I think they do have a scene together. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, this shouldn't happen. Right. Now, um, Beyonce's wife goes back to her. Now, are you asserting that there's maybe a difference between Leonard Roberts and Idris oh, no. Elba? Okay. Actually, that, I wasn't even thinking that. That's you thought kinda, that. No, that's so what I'm asking you. You're kind of saying. No, maybe, I'm more so saying it because I believe, I believe Leonard. But my first thought that came to mind was the whole it. What's at issue is that she was very uncomfortable having this romantic scene and ha- and being married to him in this to movie. Character. Yeah, to his character. Mm-hmm. And they were an interracial relationship. And this is 2006. We see it a lot more on television, the television screen now. And my thing is, is playing devil's advocate, she did have a relationship with a black man in a movie three years later. So it kind of is like, well, why did she, ha- did she have an issue with him? Why did she have an issue with him? Was race an issue? Because three years later, we saw her obsessed, name of the movie, over a black man. Right. So a couple of things. Number one, he, that's not the only thing that he alleged. He said that, you know, his character uh, was an ex-convict uh, and that there were other problems. He thought he was going to debut in... The, first episode. First, first episode. episode. Then he thought it was going to be season. Then he thought it was going to be episode two. And then uh, by the time he knew it, he was debuting in like episode five or six or something. Like right. That. So right. He was having a rocky situation going on with the production uh, beyond his relationship with Ali Larder. I'm not sure uh, how much he attributes him being written off the show specifically to her, but he did say he did seem to intimate that there was a choice made between him and her. Um, that she yes. had come up to him because they had all did Entertainment Weekly covers and she had come up to him and said, our cover is the least selling cover as if to say that it was somehow his fault that their cover was the least selling cover. This is my thing. <clears throat> and it's it's difficult. You don't want to ever discount any accusation of racism. Sure. But you also don't ever want to just believe it straight on his face. Right. Uh, and it really, to be honest with you, maybe it's not for us to believe or not believe. He is telling his story right. from his point of view. And it doesn't matter whether or not you believe it or whether or not you don't believe it. Uh, it must wake up. It must suck to wake up 14 years after something like this uh, and read a headline about this, like this about yourself. That must not be amazing, especially something that was so long ago. But I can't say it hasn't happened, that that it wasn't true, but at the same time, and I can also say that there are similar situations like this that Black actors and actresses go through in Hollywood all the time, but it's just kind of like one of those things to where 
I don't know how, like, I don't know what we're supposed to make of this. Mm-hmm. When I read it, I didn't really actually even know how I was supposed to feel. Was Is it a situation to where Tim Crane, who was the creative heroes, and Allie Larder and all of these people, they have to apologize for it now when she's come out and apologized and said she's sorry she made him feel this way? Or is he just kind of reflecting on some things that went different? He thought he says he thought Heroes was going to be his big break. I don't know, like, what I'm supposed to, how I'm supposed mm-hmm. to feel. Well, I feel like a lot of people are reflecting on things in light of what's happened in 2020 and feel empowered and emboldened to speak out in a way that they couldn't 14 years ago. And so I feel like this is Leonard's opportunity where he feels like he has a safe place to write this piece in Variety. Um, We don't know the truth. You know, it is, um, you named the director, I can't remember his name, or the creator of the show. He didn't deny what Leonard had to say. Right. Um, what I what I do find interesting, though, about Allie is when Variety was going to run this piece, they reached out to her and she didn't want to comment. She didn't want to have anything to say. And then almost as if like it wouldn't get attention, almost as if it wouldn't it wasn't that big of a deal. And then when Variety came out with this piece it blew up and black Twitter especially had a lot to say. And it was, there were a number of articles written about it. And then it was then after that, that she had this heartfelt response. So my, I'm questioning that saying, yeah, "Yeah, where was this energy when variety asked you, if you had a comment, if you had, if you feel so saddened and disappointed by these accusations, you knew about them before they were even going to be published. Yet you chose not to do anything because just like he was dismissed in 2006 from the set, you probably thought that's what happened, what would happen with this story. But we're in 2020 and it's a new day and our voices are amplified and we have the attention of people in a way we never did, which is why mm-hmm. Leonard probably came out with this article. And so I, I, you know, again, we'll never know, but I have to say the way this sequence of events played out specifically with Ali Larder, I don't believe your apology when you had the chance to do so when no one was looking. Now, when everybody's looking, you got something to say. So this is uh, my message for everyone that might be listening to this is work these angles. Work these angles. So this is what happens. So during the Me Too movement, you know, you might have had, I'm sure there were guys that got calls from former assistants and former, you know, PAs and stuff like that, just asking questions like, hey, when we were making jokes, you know, and stuff like that, you never felt in any specific way, right? You never felt like this and never felt like that. You never felt that way. You know, just making sure, checking up on themselves. I'm sure there were people that did that. I'm telling you, it's just, if you get one of those calls, keep the person on the phone, you know? And there's probably going to be a lot of calls after this made from co-stars, yeah. Hollywood execs, back to all the black people in the 90s and the 2000s that have access to computers and can write their stories. Hey, man, when we were making all of those jokes back in the day, the blackface stuff, and we were just, we we're just joshing around, bro. You know that, right? You know that you're one of our guys, right? And, 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 you know, you don't have to fall on your, you don't have to crawl up in the cross. Just keep them on the phone. Keep them on the phone. Hashtag keep them on the phone. Well, you know, I mean, you know, it wasn't always the easiest place to work. You know, I wouldn't say that I'm to op-ed status, but yeah, it's almost as if I need like another job to kind of wash away kind of some of the feelings of the old job. So like, question is like, what are you working on now? 
You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe if you want to, <laughs> you know, you got something now that that you you know take me through the holidays. You know, the kids here, you drop my cash app, whatever. Hey, keep them on the phone. They 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 earned it. Keep them on the phone. I'm not saying lie. Don't lie. Just keep them on the phone. Don't be so quick to be like, nah, man, it's all good, bro. How are you? How are the kids? How's how's Babs? How's Babs and Marnie? No, no, not a, keep them seize on the, phone. the day. Basically, seize, seize the, the day. The day. <laughs> hey, little, and 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 Ollie Lauder didn't know it was gonna be her time. She got it the she got it the dumb way. Variety. Leonard Roberts came out. That's a very black actor name too. <laughs> Leonard Roberts. <laughs> See, that's why I don't know if I I don't know. You don't if, know if, what. I don't know. It's just the name, Leonard Roberts. What do you mean, the name? What you trying to say? Yes, I guess. She didn't do that with Idris, though. She didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she... <laughs> hey, Leonard Roberts, good actor. I like... You, there was something <laughs> that, he is a good actor. I'm telling I you, can't got... believe you didn't think of Obsessed. I Listen, I'm obsessed. not a big fan of the movie either, but... Because we have to be honest about something. If we when we were talking about obsessed, movies like just movies that like Beyonce, man, God gave her a lot of talents, but I will agree. Up on that, you say it. Screen, you say it. Up on that silver screen, I will tell you one thing though: Cadillac Records. See, no, good performance. no, no, no. I thought not Cadillac, Cadillac Records, Cadillac Mm-mm. Records, good performance. Mm-mm. I thought she Mm-mm. got somewhere in Cadillac Records, but Mm-mm. most of the times you see Beyonce act. It's it's crazy. The crazy thing about that is that, like, it's one thing not to be able to act, but then it's another thing not to be able to voice act. Because when you were on oh, the yeah. Lion King joint, it, it was it was Simba. It, it was crazy. Look, here's the thing. Beyonce is one of the most five most talented people I've ever seen up there. But like. No, no, that don't mean she could play soccer. That don't mean we can't do everything. We can't do yeah. everything. You yeah. know, we and just by the can't. Way, by the way, that's now. Who's to say that in a month or a year or two years that Beyonce won't be Meryl Streep? People okay, get well, better. I will like People to remind you that People Obsessed came out in 2009. And before that, there was, what's the movie she had with Cuba Gooding Jr.? I didn't where, see it. Where she was singing in the choir? Fighting church Temptations. Movie? Fighting, Fighting Temptations. Okay. Look, so we go, we, we go back almost 20 years here. But no, but in there is a good performance to me. Like a legitimately good... I, I thought Beyonce was legitimately good. In Cadillac Records? In Cadillac is Records. It because no most of her, is it because most of her lines were singing? No, it's not because of that. It's because I thought she tapped into an emotional... Of course, she let go of herself a little bit. See, with people like Beyonce, sometimes it's hard to let go of yourself. You're such a big figure. Like Beyonce mm-hmm. has such a strong presence. Sometimes it's, it's hard to like weave yourself into that. But I really felt like in that role, she let go of herself and she did a really good job. I said it even then. I wrote a review then. I wrote a review of it mm-hmm. then. And I said she was one of the bright spots of the movie. Not just Beyonce, but Columbus Short as well, who fucking went crazy. But like like, like Columbus Short as well. I thought that was a well-acted movie. Mm-hmm. So she could do it again. She mm-hmm. just has Sim- it. Symbol. 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 This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 
37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. All right. Uh, I think now it is time for Mailbag Daddy. Uh, <laughs> Are you not doing a batch recap? No, no batch recap. No batch recap. Okay. Like, uh, I know that's going to upset Jackson. Jackson, you can come on and voice your disapproval of no batch recap. We're getting to the end here. I, I would like to say... I don't care there's no batch recap. You, you, you're, you're full of lies. <laughs> because whenever whenever you always remember, you're like, Van, the batch recap, batch recap, batch recap. Got to be honest with you. He quit. I, I, he quit. Y'all, he quit. Look, don't get I mad know. at me because you don't want to do the part of the show that we've agreed to do every he quit. week. <laughs> This shit is so long. Y'all, re- y'all remember the energy know, he had at the too. beginning? At the energy when he was like, I'm going to watch The Bachelorette. I'm so into this. Y'all remember that. Go back and listen to those episodes. Now he's quit on us when we have one week left. Okay. It is I'm over a, next we're week. We're going to catch up. We're going to catch up next week. I promise. I promise. Batch recaps. Because I know, what you know, batch recaps. Catching up next week. But it's a, I, don't that, think I don't think we'll catch it up. Yeah, don't week. start something you can't finish now. <laughs> we, we might as well. We'll let's just put it out here now. We're not going to do Matt James this season. You can't handle it. No, we have to. We have you to. can't handle it. We have to do Matt James this season. We have to do it. We have to. We've, we, we've, we've cast our lot. I'm going to do... Will I'm it make do, you this feel better that next week I'm on the show? Yes, it does. Woo! So, this, so this is what I'll do. I'll do a quick, quick hitter on Monday. Bing, bing. Batch recap. And then I'll come back on Thursday and do another quick hitter. So we'll 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 be all wrapped up for the finale. I, so I'm just to let you know, word. you got to do this week. Actually, yeah, do this week. And then next week, there's two episodes and it's over. We got okay, another Monday cool. and Tuesday. All right. Okay, cool. All right. So I'm going to do all of them. They're going to take the billboard down. Damn. Oh, shout out to <laughs> us. Oh, by the way, guys. Right? Shout out to us. We got, a, we got a billboard. They put us on a billboard out at LAX. We got to thank like, the Thought Warriors, y'all. Thank, the thought thank Warriors, you. Man. You guys made like Spotify put us on a billboard, man. <laughs> Shout out to Spotify. All right, uh, Jackson, let's go with the let's go with the uh, the mailbag. Let's do it. Okay, from Carrie Polinska, Christmas lights, fun or tacky? Love them. Love them. Can't get love enough of them. them. I I don't know. You know, I'm new to LA. Is there a spot that you like to go look at Christmas lights here? Candy Cane Lane, baby. Where's that? That is out in the valley. There's a whole neighborhood of people. 
Uh, they actually charge you admission to get in there sometimes. That's okay. Gotta pay. Candy what, Cane Lane. Where in the valley? Like which part I of gotta, the valley? I got to look. Oh, okay. Every time we do it, I, I got to ways it. But it's Candy Cane Lane, baby, out there in the valley. It's great. I love Christmas lights. Nothing makes me feel better. I love it. I will say I hate blue Christmas lights. I have a real issue. Like a, like a, it runs deep. Like the royal blue Christmas lights. That's it. I don't like them. You know what I'm talking about? Well, sometimes those are Hanukkah lights. Do you have any My neighbors specific, were not. My neighbors were not. No. Do if it's, you if it's have for that, any specific okay, prejudices? You're not going to do this. You're not going to do this. We're not going like to start and end the show about? with this. We're not going to start and end the show like I'm, this. I'm asking we're not. you. You no, talked about. Absolutely like, not. My Hanukkah neighbors lights. were not Jewish growing up. And they ruined that. the circle. They ruined the cul-de-sac every year because they had royal blue Christmas lights. They weren't Jewish. Are you I know sure? for a fact the Watsons were not Jewish. They were what, what they, how do you know? Because I you know. don't know what the I people know. doing in there. Shout out. I don't want to say I don't want to say full government names, but you know who you are. <laughs> Hanukkah lights. They weren't, hey, they weren't, they weren't Jewish though. Shout Jackson, out to all our, our Jewish. Have you seen listeners. Hanukkah lights? I'm half Jewish, you know that? Yeah. So, and then what what color are Hanukkah lights? They blue and white or blue and gold. Yeah. These were just royal blue. I believe were, rage. I'm just they saying. They were only white if some of the lights were broken. Mm. Only <laughs> white if it's broken. You know, because you know the lights were broken. <laughs> a lot about America. A lot about America. It's only white if it's broken. Wow, rage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, all right, you guys ready? Uh, n- another another mailback. All right, from Amina. What's your favorite movie to watch around Christmas time? It doesn't actually have to be a Christmas movie if that's not one of yours, but your favorite movie to watch around Christmas time. Scrooged with Bill Murray. Okay. Never seen it. Fantastic. For me, I have three. Mm -hmm. The Home Alones, and just by that I mean one and two. We don't recognize three. Um, Preacher's Wife and Elf. You like I Elf. love Elf. Elf is good. Elf, Elf is, is good. funny. Elf is Elf funny. Is, Elf is funny. I I enjoy Scrooged. I enjoy uh for some reason, I know people it's very controversial, but I like to watch Die Hard. Um and Okay, I just heard somebody talking about this. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Uh, it depends on who you are. Like I don't necessarily think it is either, but it kind of is. But you know what else I like to watch on Christmas? And USA made me feel this way. USA. Mm. Every Christmas, USA would run all the Star Wars movies, the whole oh. trilogy. And, okay. You know, it's like you groan like when someone brings Star Wars as if like a billion people are wrong about like Star Wars. No, Star I didn't Wars say that. Like I just can't relate. Dollars. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Why don't you try opening up your imagination and stop being... Well. Discriminatory Star to your Wars neighbors. didn't make me a billion dollars, you know. Discriminatory. I, I got Glenn, I got Glenn Turman, you know, to, energy over here. <laughs> to your neighbors who, who have different religious beliefs. Um, oh, please. But no, Star Wars. So start, they would run them all day long on, on Christmas Day. So now on Christmas Day, I watch Star Wars a lot. So yeah, it's amazing. All right. You ready? All right. Um, from Delia, are your therapists people of color? And if so, what was your journey in finding that therapist? So my therapist is not a person of color. My therapist, Coley, is not. My psychiatrist, Dr. Bowman, is. And when uh, Coley was recommending uh, a psychiatrist, she asked, would you want a person of color? And I was like, yeah, why not? 
because you know it's certain things you, know, you and so I talked to Dr. Bowman, and he, my psychiatrist, is a person of color, black man. By demand, yeah. my um, my therapist in uh, Miami because we do virtual now. She is a Latina woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. See, look, there you go. So I have a whole team uh, of people, and some of them are black, some of them aren't. So yes, uh, yeah. but the, shout the, out the, to the, Dr. Maria. Shout out to Dr. Bowman. Shout out to Coley Williams. Shout out to everybody at One to One that's that that that's 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 keeping me going in these times. But yes, uh, the journey of finding it was specifically oh, asking, yeah. specifically asking for a therapist of color, especially in a situation like that. You know, uh, when you have somebody that's going to pres- prescribing you drugs, and I wanted to connect with a brother. I want to kind of like a fatherly thing. You feel what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I get that. Yeah. And. Dallas, I went by referral. In Miami, I actually just went to a website and I read through maybe 50 different uh, bios. And we were actually looking for couples counseling at first. And then we went to her in addition to um, the pastor from my hometown who actually married us. But I really liked what she had to say. And then I personally, after we got married, started going to her individually. That's amazing. Amazing. Okay, last one. Okay. Do, do you or does your family have any Christmas traditions? And if so, what are your favorites? Ah. Rach? No, go ahead. No, you got uh, apparently so, a good one. Uh, no, I have nothing. So here's the Debbie Downer. My mother, my father, my sister, and me have not all been in the same room at any time together for 18 years. So my parents' divorce completely destroyed the holidays. Well, you, but before then, but you you said it's not funny. This is I, I'm not I'm not comfortable with this laugh. I'm not comfortable with this laugh. It's not funny. But before, okay, prior to then, did you have like a something did you or maybe something that you and Kalika do now? No. No, I mean it's you know Christmas comes. Uh, I like I like to I like to get deep into a like a real I like to get deep into a video game on holidays. Holidays the days feel different. It's they do. Like, it's like our perfect video game day. So oh perfect day to play like Assassin's Creed and try to get all the way through it or something like that. But just to be real with you, I am very very anxious to have my own family so that mm-hmm. I can start my own traditions. But no. that's beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. I mean, right. honestly, we we would rotate every year. Like sometimes mm-hmm. we were down in Beeville on in the farm, at the farm at my grandmother's house, or we were in Houston, or we would be in Dallas and we would host it, or another family member would. So it varies. I mean, I guess for me, it's just more of like cooking together, playing Chris, uh, Christmas songs, mm-hmm. soulful Christmas songs, you know, that mm-hmm. type of playlist. And then watching a Christmas movie. That's why I say Preacher's Wife, because like my mom really likes, likes Preacher's she Wife likes, and Preacher's Whitney's. Wife. And so... And and sometimes we watch a non-Christmas movie, you know, something that's because we're all together and we haven't been together in a while. And so we we'll just watch, watch a good movie. A non-Christmas movie? Yeah. Like I know for a fact like this a non, Christmas. Like you like like your own oh, okay, anonymous no. message boards. Uh, like, like not like, a Christmas movie. Oh, I thought not you guys a were Christmas. Like on. this, like this Christmas. I know where you were going with that. You guys this have Christmas, a on Christmas Wonder Wonder Woman 1984 comes out. I've seen it, but the rest of them haven't. And then um Soul. So comes that, out. Is that it's, good? It's so good. It's so good. 
I thought it was about soul, soulful music, but apparently that's about? not. It it's about? about life and death, and it's a very nuanced way to talk about it. Uh, it's very, very interesting. It's about a jazz music teacher who gets this dream opportunity, and then things don't happen the way that once he gets the opportunity, things happen. Like his life takes a completely different turn without giving it away. So it's all about the meaning of life, the purpose of life. I watching it. It's really good. Yeah. What? You got Jamie Foxx, Angela Bassett. Um, why do you got to give us... The, Tina Fey. Why do you got to give us the death movie, man? No, it's not it's, like that. It's see, a it's a, it's a, a very hopeful movie, actually. Like the way it ends, it's extremely hopeful and you should watch it. Don't be a downer. It's actually a really, really... I'm not really, being a really, downer. I'm saying, it's not, I'm saying it's, other people I get a movie. I said life and death in a nuanced way. It's I've like, never even, seen... It, even it's with, very hopeful. It's a hopeful movie. Even with Up. The beginning of Up no, was... No, hell no. It's nothing like that. The beginning of Up was so sad. I'm like, yo, man, why I'm looking at this? That's Ugh. not what this is. I mean, like, you think that's going to happen and then you're like, oh, wait. It's it's oh. re- it's actually really good. You should All watch right. it. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Nah, I gotta... I gotta... I'll call my mom after this. Now I'm depressed. Uh, uh, so it's time for Unexpected Ally of the Week. Do you have an Unexpected Ally of the Week? I do. Now, this was from... Maybe last week when we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So, can our unexpected ally of the week? Does, do they have to be white? I mean, I don't know. If it sometimes it's expected. But okay, well, mine's Cuban. Mine's Cuban. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 So, I am giving it to the newly elected Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon. Is that mm-hmm. how you say it? Yeah. Because when he was elected. He announced plans, I think this was last week or the week before, to mm-hmm. enact sweeping reforms, including ending cash bail and the death penalty. Mm. I got to give him props for that. Yeah. That's a big I, deal. If Go ahead. I, I'm about to see him in a second. He's coming to the screening of my short tonight. It's a virtual screening. Let me check my phone to see I did if send I... You, I did send it. To see if I got a I virtual slick, screening. Slick invite. I did send it. I definitely Was that an it. invite? Yeah, I did send it. So don't even play yourself. Go ahead. Is that keep... what he sent us, Jackson? Go ahead and play it. Don't even play yourself. I did send uh, it. I don't know when you, you your... sent this. You no, Van. Looking. Can't find. No, no idea. <laughs> Jackson, do you? I, did I just you? got a Vimeo link. I didn't get no invitation with that. Was play that it. what the? Was it play in yourself. that? Yeah, played yourself. If, but did Jackson you, didn't see did it. Did you watch? Did you watch? Did, did you I watch haven't link? yet. It's on my. It's on my Christmas to do list. And Jackson, it's so good. It's on my Christmas to do list. Mm-hmm. You want to come to the screening tonight? Virtual screening at six o'clock. Can you make it? You yes, yourself. I can. Yeah. Yes, I actually can. And no, I didn't play myself. Again. Yeah. Anyways, fine. Didn't know about this. I'm gonna figure this out. We weren't invited. George hey guys, hi, just in case y'all didn't know on High Learning, we are a fraud. Our friendship is friendship is not real. No, I invite you. To, I invite you for Christmas. Our friendship but you decide to spray the clay. <laughs> I feel, uh, I'm gonna go home and or go cry after this podcast sure. is over with. No, but sure. anyways, unexpected ally of the week goes to him. I think that is great. The cash bell system um, is, is really mess. yes a detriment to. That's the first legal job that I had was doing bell hearings. And it is a depressing in Milwaukee County. And it is a depressing thing because most people can't afford to. And you're you're arguing on their behalf and it actually falls on deaf ears because they're just going to go 
to Joe. Mm-hmm. That's so a anyways, that's a great thing. That's a fantastic aspect of the week because that's as someone that's actually instituting real systemic change. So uh, that's a great one. Uh, mine is easy. It's Mackenzie Bezos. She gave like millions and millions of dollars to HBCUs and stuff like that. I don't know what Mackenzie Bezos is trying to do. I think Mackenzie Bezos is trying to, like, look, we got we to gotta kind of look at this. Uh, Mackenzie Bezos might be trying to buy a spot in blackness. She's been giving away a lot of money. <laughs> And we gotta we gotta have a conversation if they if we got one for sale, you know what I mean? If like if because like how much what how much would McKinsey Bezos have to spend for us to go ahead and make our you know give a slider? How many ha- hasn't she given away billions? Didn't they say billions during the pandemic? Yeah, I'm maybe saying, not all to HBCUs, but I'm just saying she's giving away billions, so not just to HBCUs though. I know, but I'm I'm saying it's like I don't you uh, like our culture is something that can't be bought. You, you I can't, don't think she's it, it doing that. It can't be bought. It definitely can't be bought. But she, she might be able to rent it for a couple of days, you know, in February. We might give Mackenzie Bezos a day, February 24th or something like that. When she, you know, if she, listen, look, if if she's if she's the reason why Southern's band can march, if she's the reason why black kids <laughs> can go to school, I might have to extend an olive branch out there or a kale branch because she's white. To, to McKenzie Bezos, you know what I'm I saying? I love what she's doing. She's doing I love what she's McKenzie doing. McKenzie Bezos in July donated $1.7 billion, and the j- most recent one was $4.2 billion. So it's up to $5.9 billion total. All to HBCUs? Uh, I think to various organizations that are not all specifically HBCUs, but they're like black-supported Look, groups. We would know if she had donated all the money to HBCUs <laughs> because the school presidents would be out here shining. Okay. The school presidents would be out here whipping the spinning the bin. Okay, so like, it looks like the first donation was mostly to like organizations that help low income students, whereas this most recent one was like directly to the colleges. Yeah, Mackenzie Bezos is trying to get it. See, and another reason why she's trying to get it, another reason why she's having it, is because we pretty much know by this point that Jeff Bezos is probably evil. Like he, he's probably he, he, you can't have that much money in not be he, like he's like one hundred eighty billion. He's like Lex Luthor, so she's probably trying to. She's not just trying to buy her way into the culture. She's probably trying to buy her way into heaven. Hey, Jesus, look what I'm doing. Well, take all, give me all your money. Take it all. Give Great me work. all your money. Great work. Great work. I Positive would jokes. just like to point out that there is no invite. Just want to keep saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So right. we know, Jackson, we know where we stand. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, uh... Okay. Well, you didn't even watch the movie. Uh, oh look uh, alright you guys (laughs) take your thinking caps off but do not stop learning we love you guys I am Van Lathan I'm Rachel Lindsay we out this episode is brought to you by Empower you got money questions like Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, 
Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. 